Good morning. All right, let's start out with another word of prayer. Dear God, I thank you for today, which is the day that you have made. God, I thank you for Connection Church, a place where we can come and worship and learn more about you. I pray that this morning, you alone will be glorified and that we all can learn more about you and fall deeper in love with you. God, I know your spirit is moving and active. So God, I invite that same spirit in our midst to move. I pray that you will open up our hearts and minds to whatever it is you may have for us this morning. Amen. So today we'll be in Acts chapter 21. And so, but I want to pause here uh, to let you guys open to that. And before we get into that, I wanted to uh, thank Connection Church. So I just recently came back from a mission trip to Africa. And uh, thanks to you guys helping me and blessing me, I was able to go. And so... It's cool because in Acts, we see a lot of the, we see the church just multiplying and growing. We get to see Paul going to all these different places um, and proclaiming the gospel. And in a weird way, in a a very, very, very smaller scale, it felt cool when when I got the blessing to go on the mission trip, I kind of felt like Paul and got to, got to go to different places and got to kind of experience maybe a little bit what he, he was experiencing, um, crossing boundaries and crossing cultures and stuff like that. And so... I truly have tasted and seen of the Lord's goodness through our brothers and, Christ, brothers and sisters in Christ in Africa. And so last week we were in Acts chapter 20, where we saw Paul was just saying goodbye to the leader of the Ephesians church and encouraged him forward. And Jordan reminded us of our command to proclaim through both word and deed, not to emphasize one over the other. So today we're in Acts 21. We see Paul moving forward, going on to Jerusalem, and we get to see his hardships in doing so. So... Let's pick up in verse 1. After we had torn ourselves away from them, we put out to sea and sailed straight to Kos. The next day, we went to Rhodes, and from there, Patara. We found a ship crossing over to Phoenicia, went on board, and set sail. After sighting Cyprus and passing to the south of it, we sailed on to Syria. We landed at Tyre, where our ship was to unload its cargo. We sought out the disciples there and stayed with them seven days. Through the Spirit, they urged Paul not to go on to Jerusalem. When it was time to leave, we left and continued on our way. All of them, including wives and children, accompanied us out of the city. And there on the beach, we knelt to pray. After saying goodbye to each other, we went aboard the ship and they returned home. We continued our voyage from Tyre and landed at Ptolemy, where we greeted the brothers and sisters and stayed with them for a day. Leaving the next day, we reached Caesarea and stayed at the house of Philip the Evangelist, one of the seven. He had four unmarried daughters who prophesied. After we had been there a number of days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. Coming over to us, he took Paul's belt, tied his own hands and feet with it, and said, The Holy Spirit says, And this way the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. And so... If I'm, if I'm Paul in this situation, and, you know, I'm going, I, I get to do something really cool. I get to go preach the gospel, and I, I know bad things are coming. I mean, the Holy Spirit's been telling me this. And then to even add more into it, I got this prophet, Agabus, and he's like, hey, dude, th- bad things are going to happen. And, and then he prophesies it as well. And so I was thinking if I was in this situation, I would really, really be rethinking my choices of if I should go to Jerusalem or not. Like, would it, would it really matter? Is it really worth it to go all the way and potentially risk my life. And then you have his friend saying, hey, stay here. We're worried about you. 
We can, we can just chill and hang out and you can keep doing what you wanna do here. And one of, the, one of the major things that I noticed about Paul is that he, he is not, he's not a shy, he's not a shy disciple. He doesn't ever just do something and like, oh, I, I might go here, I might go to Jerusalem, but, but I still might not. Like Paul goes all in. I've never seen any verse in the Bible where it says, Paul thought about going there. No, it's always Paul went there. Paul was zealous. He went and he reached the people. And so I'm sure this is not the most desirable decision for Paul to go, but he so went. And now to me, this was dedication. So let's pick up in verse 13. So then Paul answered, why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. When he would not be dissuaded, we gave up and said, the Lord's will be done. And so I want to stop here because I absolutely love Paul's response. I mean, he knows it's not going to go too well. He knows there's uncertainty, hardships, I mean, maybe even death. And yet Paul is still going and being faithful to his call. So Paul was dedicated and he was not swayed by the resistance he was facing. He's ready down, he was ready to lay down his life to proclaim the gospel. And so I'm reading this and at first I read it like, okay, yeah, he's just going there's not that big of a deal. But then I slowed down and I thought, if I was Paul, would, would I be like that? Would, in, in the midst of uncertainty and trials, would I, would I push forward? Or would I kind of be timid? Would I, would I stay back? And so to answer this question, and am I like Paul, I look back into my own life, the times where I let small insignificant things hinder me from expanding the kingdom. So a great example would be, I'm going to college to be a pastor, right? And so I can't say telling my friends going to be a pastor is the most like, Yay, type thing that they've ever heard. So sometimes I get, I get scared to tell my friends, hey, I want to be a pastor. A fear of judgment, a fear of them saying, oh, you're not going to make any money, a, f- a fear of whatever they might think, especially if they're not Christian. And so I used to also be very, very, very terrified to give my testimony of how God has worked in my life when I was younger. And so it's cool how Paul didn't let any of that affect him at all. And so when I'm, when I'm reading this, I'm trying to think of, in, in my own life, can I be, how can I be more like Paul? How can I be so dedicated to the call that I've had in my life that it doesn't matter any of the circumstances? So, and then I was thinking, what, what if Paul did listen to that fear? What if he listened to those anxious thoughts? What if he let his, what if he did stay with his friends? I mean, then all the people in Jerusalem who he was going to preach to would miss out on everything. And Paul himself would miss out on what I imagine would be a very beautiful experience where he got to go um, spread, the, spread the kingdom. So, I wanted to emphasize the point that we cannot let our own emotions and our comforts of the modern day world get us in the way of proclaiming the gospel. And so Paul was willing to do anything to bring the gospel to others. Paul wasn't gonna let anything stop him from leading others to Christ. So then it got me thinking, is Connection Church the type of church that doesn't let anything stop us from leading others to Christ? And so, and so the, main, the main thing that I got when I was reading through Acts chapter 21, is that Paul seems very, very, very dedicated to the call that Jesus has for him. And so this got me thinking, okay, we can be a good Christian. I, I, we can be a good Christian just by praying and reading the Bible. But to be, I think to take a step further and be like Paul, we have to be dedicated to whatever it is God might have for us. So I ask you guys, this is where you answer, what do you guys think it means to be dedicated? Focus, yeah. Giving your all. Exactly, yeah. 
Prioritizing, exactly. I agree. I think, it, I think it takes all those things. So it got me thinking, and I was like, you know, what, what better place to go than the dictionary? So Merriam-Webster defines the word dedicated as devoted to a cause, ideal, or purpose. And then it said zealous. I thought, it was, I thought it was really cool that it said zealous because many times in Scripture, Paul is referred to as being zealous for the Lord. And so with, with this definition in mind, it got me thinking, what does dedicated mean? What does that look like in today's terms? So if we're dedicated to something, we focus on it. We're persistent. We are always trying to learn more about that thing. We don't just try it. We're like Paul. We go all in. So I want you to think of an example of what, dedicated, what being dedicated looks like in today's world. So let's say in terms of a business, right? If I want to start a business, I can't just put half of my time into it and then think, yeah, it's going to work out. I can't, if I'm going to have a business, I can't just put half of my finances when I know it needs all of them. If I want to start a business, I have to hire the right people. I have to know the best things, the best tools for my business to flourish. So, so I want to ask some people who have started a business because, you know, no better than the present to learn. So is Sam here? Oh, Sam sounds here. That's okay. Is Doug here? I saw Doug. So, Doug, when you started Jameson Steel, was it super easy? No. <laughs> Did you immediately have the idea and it, it just came? Yeah, so it wasn't, it wasn't looking too hot. When you, meet, when you started your business, I bet you didn't know how to weld perfectly. I bet you didn't know how to, I didn't bet you didn't have the right equipment yet. You didn't know the exact, most efficient ways to uh, do what you had to do for your business. And if Sam was here, I bet when Sam started Mad Goat, because he started Mad Goat Coffee, for those of you who don't know, I bet he, I bet there's no way he just ran him on the first try and made the perfect cup of coffee. Or he made the perfect boba, because, you know, that's, that's good. So there's no way that Sam just magically did that. And there's no way that Doug just spent half of his time on his business. I bet Doug and his entire family were working hard towards that business, and they were dedicated to it, because if they weren't, then he would not have the business he has today. And so, so if you want something to flourish, if you want something to go as planned, to be able to stand on its own, we need to dedicate it. We need to dedicate ourselves day in and day out. So in the same way that Sam and Doug dedicated themselves to their business, we as Christ followers have to be dedicated to the Lord. So then it got me thinking, what does it look like to be dedicated to the Lord? And so if we are dedicated to the Lord, we are constantly in prayer and communion with him. We don't just throw him off to the side. He's important. If we are dedicated, we are constantly in the word. We're learning more about him, trying to resemble ourselves to Christ. If we are dedicated, it means we put God's will above our own. I think Paul's a perfect example of that. If we are dedicated, we are telling others about the kingdom, expanding it, expanding the kingdom just like Paul did. Now, I know that there's a lot of ways to show our dedication in a church setting. I know it's really easy to like, Go up to the person you haven't, ever, you haven't met and just shake the hand and say good morning. Like, that's dedication. But I think there's a lot of ways outside of the church, outside of just like these four walls that we could be dedicated. So it got me thinking of like when we're in the grocery store, if we see a friend that we know who doesn't know who Christ is. And it might be hard to go up there and while they're trying to look for the eggs and be like, hey, Jesus. But we have to be dedicated to the call, which is to spread the word. We could be at work and there's a coworker who doesn't know Christ. And we've never taken that step to talk to them. But we could go and talk to them and we can go, Expand the kingdom in that way. And so another way could be is if we're raising our children, are we raising our children in the way that, that God would want us to? Is it honoring to God? And in that way, we can dedicate the way we raise our kids to Jesus.
So in Acts 21, we see Paul was a very, very dedicated disciple, and I invite us to be as well. And so when we are dedicated to Christ and his will, we're able to expand the kingdom and draw closer to him each and every day. And so I want to tell you a story of a missionary I heard when I was in Africa. So we had two translators when I was in Africa. One was named Braza, one was named Jazz. So pretty easy names. And so one day we were just walking about, you know, doing our thing. And they told us of this story of this man who they couldn't say his name because he's a missionary in a dangerous part of Africa. So we can't know his name. And so um, anyways, this man had just finished schooling. He was going to be a pastor. So him and his family were searching around, looking, you know, where, where can we plant our family? Where can we start our ministry? And so they're looking around. They're trying to find different places in Africa to go serve. And in the midst of all this, this missionary is feeling a tug on his heart to go to this very hostile part of Africa. And I know that probably doesn't sound super ideal when you just get out of college. Let's go risk our life. But he starts ignoring it. He, he keeps trying to look for a place to start his ministry. And then eventually, he answers the call that Jesus has on his life. And he goes, and he goes to this very hostile part of Africa. And the reason why this place is so hostile is because there are very extremists who are very anti-Christian. And so it wasn't, this, this is a known fact. It wasn't like he just randomly heard about this. He knew about this, and it had been going on for a while. And yet he was obedient, and he was dedicated to the call God had in his life. And so he went, and he took his whole family, and it was a long bus ride, and it was probably really hot. And so he went, and they get there, and the ministry is flourishing. I mean, people are being brought to Christ. He thinks he's doing all the things he should be doing. I mean, he's, he's left where it's comfortable and went where it's dangerous. And yet in the midst of that, it, the, the hostile area got so bad that they eventually had to leave because the, the threat was too big for them to stay. And so they're on their way back, and it's a long bus ride again, and everything's going good. They're just, they're just going back. And then all of a sudden, the, the bus stops. And all of a sudden, these people with guns and masks come on the bus, and they were part of the extremists. And what they do is they call all the men off the bus, and then they sit, they sit them down in, outside. They don't care where. And then they take their wallets and they take their phones, right? And so why do they take their wallets and their phones? Well, they want to see if their wallet, if they're a part of the government, if they have anything that's, that's government, and then they want to see their phones if they're Christian, if anything on their phone to show that they're Christians. And obviously this guy's a pastor, so he's getting worried, and he knows that he's going to have something on his phone. And so... They, they start calling all the guys off one by one. They get to him, they sit him down, and then they get to his phone. And I think it's very cool that he's, he, um, as, as our translator is telling us this story, he says word for word, the man said, by the grace of God, his phone had died because the car ride had, the bus ride had been that far, that long, that his, his phone has died. And so he knew that if they searched his phone, he surely would have been put to death. And so after finding nothing, indicating that he was a Christian, they let him back on the bus, and there wasn't very, very men left on the bus after that. And so then they have to leave. And then a couple months later, it's still not super settled, but it's less hostile than it was. So the man goes back. So he, after, he, after he could have, after he already risked his life, and then the bus happens, he goes back, and he's still there to this day. And so I feel like a lot of times in the Bible, I hear stories about people who do crazy, crazy cool things for Jesus, and I'm like, I can never do that. I, I could never be like Paul. I can never just go to a place where I know I'm not welcome, where I know I could lose my life. And in this story that I got to, I got to hear from somebody who, who knew for a fact this man did it, it was a very cool experience for me to, to be able to know that somebody's, somebody's doing, that the stuff in the Bible isn't just old that happened 2,000 years ago. No, the stuff in the Bible, is, it's still fresh and it's relevant to us today. And so I wanted to talk more about who, the man that Paul is 
And so whenever, whenever I read about Paul in the Bible, he's a very zealous man. He's a man after God's own, God's own heart, kind of like David. And he's always, he's always all in for Jesus. But also, Paul sometimes is a hothead. And sometimes he's, he's very, very prideful. And I think I, I get prideful as well, especially when I do sports and stuff like that. My mom can attest. I'm very prideful. Like, Paul was so prideful that it says in 2 Corinthians that God brought a thorn and put it in his side to keep him humble. And so I always, whenever I hear about something super cool that happens in the Bible, I like to, I either get very skeptical, can that happen for me, or I try to connect myself to that person. And I think Paul is somebody that, that what Paul did doesn't have to just end at Paul. It can happen, we can all do amazing things that Paul did as well. And so I just want to encourage Connection Church to always walk boldly with Jesus in every single moment of our lives, just as Paul did. And so now I want to jump down to verse... I want, to, I want to go back to verse 12. So this is after Paul answers, Why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I'm ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. When he would not be dissuaded, this is the response, listen to this. We gave up and said, the Lord's will be done. And so the two main things in the chapter that I thought were just crazy was one, how, Paul, how dedicated Paul was to the mission God had for his life. And two, were the people's response. To his dedication. So Paul's going, Paul's going to go step forward into this very unknown area, and then he's going to do these, like, he's going to do these very dangerous things, and the people there, they, they want him to stay, but at the end of the day, even they have to acknowledge that the Lord's will be done. And so this got me thinking, are, are we the type of church that if somebody in our, in our midst went to go do something super hard and super dangerous, would we, would we hinder them? Would we ask them to stay? Or do we say, let the Lord's will be done? So this got me thinking in my own life, what are the, how are the ways that I can let the Lord's will be done in situations where I may want to do something else? How can I show my dedication through that? And so if we truly are dedicating ourselves to the Lord and seeking his plan for our life, then I feel we will always be walking to where he is calling us to go. So the next time, so I want to invite you all to take a step to fully go all in for the Lord, to dedicate yourself this week. So the next time you're out and you feel that feeling or you feel that tug to go up to that person or maybe even now you're feeling that tug to maybe displace yourself and go somewhere and serve where you never have. Maybe you've never served in the Hope Center. I know a lot of people, a lot of you have, but it's a very cool experience. And um, maybe you're feeling that tug. Maybe you've always wanted to go out. I mean, you've always wanted to go help, but it's, you kind of like hold back, you know what I mean? You don't, maybe you don't necessarily have the, have the response of let the Lord's will be done. But I encourage you guys this week, to whatever that may look like for you, to go out and step into that, to let God work in a, crazy, in a miraculous way. And so I challenge you to do as Paul did, to go out and do the hard things to expand the kingdom, to fully dedicate God as ruler of your life, to dedicate yourself today to Christ because he's dedicated to you. Let's pray. God, we give you all the honor, praise, and glory. I pray that the church can be a beacon of truth in a world full of darkness. I pray that the body of Christ actively declares and is uncovering who you are more and more every day. I pray that we can dedicate ourselves wholly unto you to have your will over our own. I pray that we as your children can spread your truth and light in our own spheres of influence. I pray that we can offer our lives as a living sacrifice for you, holy and pleasing in your sight. I pray that we can be dedicated to you and the call that you have in our life, 
that we will not grow weary of taking that first step, God. I pray that you will empower us to always go forward in boldness, to pursue whatever it is you may have for us. It is in your holy name I pray. Amen.